What's good, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Health in the Hole. Today we have Chris Bates, a personal trainer at Victory Lab PT and Performance. Today we're going to talk about mindset, setting useful goals, and how to stick to your personal training program. Hey Chris, welcome. Welcome to the podcast. First one with us here today. Uh, you're a personal trainer at Victory Lab PT Performance. And we were talking a little bit prior to this episode about some things. You're talking a little about your inspiration for personal training. It's kind of a unique story. So I want to tell the audience a little bit about that, how you got to where you are. Yeah, so my story starts back in uh, middle school. I was living down in South Florida. And I grew up playing team sports in the southeast, originally from Louisiana, and then moved down to South Florida. Was playing baseball and kind of saw the population of, of you know, just friends and peers that I was with. And then our parents' generation ended up being um, a little bit more sidelined from a, a physical standpoint. I kind of noticed one day I was in a pizza shop. Saw there was a, you know, a wide variety of um, just parents being able to have the physical and mental capacity to participate in team sports with, with us as, as kids. And it was something that I kind of look back and see it as a, a little bit of an inspired moment from, from God, just kind of noticing that as a 12 year old boy and seeing the um, kind of dysfunction from a, a physical standpoint. And then from just a lifestyle standpoint, I said, man, I don't want to get to that point when I'm an adult and not be able to enjoy time with my children. So, uh, you know, that just started the journey into nutrition and, and physical fitness and kind of studying well into high school and then through university. Yeah, love it. Lifelong youth. We talk about that a little too much probably on this <laughs> podcast, <laughs> given the, the nature of what that means to me. Uh, cool. That's awesome. But we also talked a little bit prior to this episode about um, these three words that we hear a lot in the training world, uh, difference between exercise, training itself, and a workout. Can you kind of talk about those differences to help people understand what those mean? Yeah. So since we're geeking out on the kind of nuance of this stuff, uh, I would like to kind of differentiate, you know, the origin of some of these and then the, the function as you look into what their goal is, mm -hmm. right? So exercise and, and general movement is awesome. So I'm not trying to, you know, badmouth one word, how it's used or the other, just to give a little bit more clarity within the space of, of what they're used for. Mm -hmm. And so exercise, you know, general movement, there's, you know, guidelines for that within um, different associations that our country and around the world has um, within a health standpoint. Um, so exercise and health are closely related. And then if you look at training, training typically has a specific goal. So if you think about, you know, team sports, mountain athletics, mm -hmm. Um, training for a specific goal for, you know, a period of time, whether it's training for the Olympics or training to do your first hike up Mount Glory. Yeah. Um, so, and then if you move on to workout, that's, uh, you kind of look at those two words broken apart, work and out, you know, you're working out your body. So that's a pretty general term you hear used a lot, you know, whether you just did a, a run around, uh, the pass or up at the village or if you worked yourself out by doing a backcountry run or whatever it was, um, bike ride. So, um, training specific goal, exercise, health, and then workout, you know, movement and, and kind of looking at the, the general kind of movement goals of exercise, staying healthy, having wellness yep. in your life. 
would you would you say that workout in the truest sense of the word is more of a high intensity type of thing where like work out like you really work yourself out work yourself to the point of exhaustion do you think that is the truest sense of what a workout is no i'd say workout can have a varying levels of intensity so being in a gym myself a lot of the week um there's varying levels of uh out energy output that you want to have as you're going through life because you're not going to be at 100 percent every day week month of the year you're going to have you know different life stresses that should cause your your training and your exercise plan to kind of change with the seasons um, from a longevity standpoint and so workout can be anything from you know some stretching um, some mobility work all the way up to you know heavy power lifting weight lifting um, some technical work for whatever sport trend whether it's gymnastics or hockey or lacrosse or it could be going for a, a light jog if you're you have a running goal of getting a half marathon done right. next fall. Yeah, uh, that, I like that you said that about the change in seasons too. Because for me personally, like this summer was my exercise season. I was using my training and putting it into practice through mountain biking, through running in the mountains, and all these things that weren't necessarily training activities. But I was exercising. I was using my body to stay healthy and doing the things that I enjoy. Um, so let's talk a little bit about training since you are a person trainer and that's what you do on your, in a daily basis. So would you say that training is for everybody? Does everybody need to train? Who is it best for? What would you say to that? I'd say no. Uh, from a personal training standpoint, it's definitely a niche, almost a, a luxury service because it's just such a high-end service that, you know, if you look at the spectrum of people across the world, there's not a huge portion of the population in personal training. I think there can be seasons specifically built for it. If you have the resources available, that be the personnel, the finances, the time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Time is a big part of it, right? That's one of our greatest resources we've been gifted with in this life. So um, no personal training, not for everyone, but I do think that having goals, and this kind of leads into our vision casting for why we step into these realms of exercise, Mm -hmm. uh, health, training, workouts. And so if you have a specific goal and need some guidance, that's where a personal trainer kind of acts as a guide to help you see more clearly the picture you have for your life, you know, whether it's this next season or, you know, a lifelong goal of staying healthy. You know, a lot of people come to me and say, you know, I want to lose weight and get in shape and get in shape is one of the most vague terms I've heard <laughs> used in my industry for the past, you know, I've been in about 10 years. So right. um, that's, that's kind of my spiel on where, people fit into the training, exercise, um, workout spectrum. Right. And from the very beginning, I mean, you've mentioned that this is the distinctive factor of personal training is setting goals. And you have a goal in mind, and that's what you train for. You're not just exercising. You're not just moving your body. You actually have a goal, and you're making targeted efforts towards that goal. Mm-hmm. And from in my, our conversations in the past, that seems like something that you really want to focus on in your practice to get people towards their goals is because that's how you distinguish yourself. And so that's what you're going to focus on in, in your, in your practice. So let's talk about that a little bit. Like when people come to train with you, how do you set meaningful goals and set expectations for the future? So as far as goal setting, that's, that's a, from a standpoint of uh, clients and athletes coming to me, 
you have a huge spectrum of what people know that they want and or need. And so a lot of what a trainer does when you do, um, not an interview quite like this, but you do an interview basically see if you're going to be a good fit for each other. It's not just, you know, we step into this relationship assuming it's going to work right off the bat. You definitely want to have um, some dialogue before you step into that. And so when you look at the conversation, you need to have somewhat of an understanding of what your desires are moving forward instead of just walking in and expecting uh, a result without some forethought planning and uh, programming work that goes into the plan of exercise, training, workouts, you know, and the, the lifestyle thing. I'm not a lifestyle coach nor a nutritionist, but the holistic picture of it, whether right. you can afford all those services or just work with me, I can provide some general advice on a lot of things, but I'm not going to be a specialist. So that's where I would say scope of practice of me having a background in exercise science academically kind of leads me into a lot more movement based um, mm -hmm. from a training and recovery standpoint. I can point you towards how to get to that goal, but I can't specifically help you in every little way, you know, where chiropractic or physical therapy or massage therapy, and counseling and nutrition can help kind of hone in some of those other aspects where I just provide a little bit more of the musculoskeletal metabolic work that right. people need to get towards maybe a specific performance goal. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, what do you think? You talked a little bit about the, how people set these vague goals sometimes of saying, Oh, I want to get in shape or yeah, I just want to lose weight, something like that. How do you rectify that? And when, when somebody comes in with these short term goals or these vague goals, how do you guide them towards kind of a bigger picture or thinking more long-term in general? Mm -hmm. So when you're in uh, a season of life where you may not be able to see as well because of, you know, whatever pain or dysfunction, whatever um, discomfort you're kind of sitting in, mm -hmm. it's okay to have short-term goals. I don't want to um, yeah. give short-term goals a bad rap at all. I think they're great as far as a stepwise progress, mm -hmm. you know, um, there's definitely a couple of Chinese proverbs that I can't think of. I'll come back to but I'd be surprised if I'm not the fifth person on this podcast that it says SMART goals because that's a very common acronym that I'm sure you're familiar with. Um, and so as far as having uh, timelines, I think short-term goals help you get towards long-term goals so that you don't get discouraged when you're not on this linear trajectory towards a goal that you want to ultimately achieve. You know, whether it's doing a big hike or going on a big hunt and harvesting an animal or, you know, there's so many goals that you can have that having a specific one is almost intimidating because of the wide variety within the freedom of this country that we've been given to choose things. Right. And right. so I think that choosing is one of the hardest things. If you've ever watched Netflix, sometimes you spend the amount of time it takes to watch a movie to choose a movie. <laughs> you don't choose one. So yeah, I think having um, some pretty deep underlying values and, and goals. Um, ours being kind of a faithful one. So having an ultimate direction that your life is going towards is really going to help guide your goals versus there's a lot of distractions that are going to pull you away from that, whether it be, you know, there's value in social media, but there can be so many distractions, you know, whether it's advertising. So not to get too far off topic, but I'd, I'd say definitely having a clear focused vision on where your life is going is, is a big part of where, your physical health is going to help take you. Right. So a limitation for people with setting goals is usually going to be their ability to choose. It's a blessing and a curse. Sometimes we have a lot of options to choose from. Mm -hmm. 
but that puts a limitation on kind of our ability to hone in. And that's kind of what your early role is in the training process is to help people develop something specific to, to reach some smart goals to reach. That's great. That's really great. Um, let's talk a little bit more about your vision casting process. Uh, is that different than the goal setting process? How, how is it a little bit, uh, unique in that way compared to just setting a goal? So vision casting is, you know, definitely a process that I'm still working on myself. I'm by no means a, a master in, um, this field, uh, mm-hmm. completely. I definitely have a lot of growth, but as far as, me helping people see further, I can only help people see as far as I'm equipped knowledge wise and somewhat experience wise. I'm not, you know, haven't been through as much life. I'm not 65 year old mm-hmm. trainer. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can only, um, empathize and connect with people on certain levels. So there definitely has to be some relational rapport where they understand my background and experience and I can only help you as much as, um, you're willing to kind of clarify for me how my expertise can help get you there. So if you look at um, what your goal is, you need to define it with that smart goals. Let's just go ahead and talk about specific, measurable, attainable, or achievable, um, realistic, and then uh, having a timeline on it. So so definitely having smart goals, I think that's a really good acronym to kind of put in your back pocket for any time you, you know, have any, anything in life, whether it's a, a physical training goal or some sort of relational goal or, you know, anything, I think we need to be focused on what's important to us because if not, we're going to be um, definitely distracted or um, kind of lose sight of what's important to us. Right. Right. Uh, yeah, that's, that's pretty great that you, you mentioned that because man, uh, having a, having a long-term goal to, to stick to is, is tough. Sometimes we talked about that in the health talk that I gave you the other night about, um, defining your sense of purpose and your your goals related to health around that sense of purpose and having those as kind of the cornerstone to maintaining your habits and your behaviors for the long term. I've done a little bit of habit formation stuff in the past and it's been difficult, but I've read a lot of books on it and that's been pretty helpful. Do you have any insight into habit formation and kind of the importance of your mindset when you show up to a training session or when you are getting into the process of finding a trainer or mm-hmm. tools? Man, that's, that's an awesome big general question. I'm going to spend a whole podcast <laughs> yeah, on right, it. Right. <laughs> so, uh, habit formation and, um, two words kind of came up as you were, um, kind of going through that, that defining your purpose. I think a large part of habit formation is creating space and being willing to sacrifice. So, um, as far as space, Busy is one of the most common words we hear <laughs> right. and, and a lot. So like busyness is also uh, a distraction. You know, I, I tend to personally keep myself, I, I don't like to say the word busy friends and family going to laugh at this, but uh, I think busy is such a, a mentally foggy term that it, it creates so much um, distraction and uh, I guess just like mental turmoil mm-hmm. that um, I like to say productive and I reframe it. Um, mm-hmm. Kind of being uh, within that personality type on the enneagram, I, I like to reframe things and have a, that positive mental focus of trying to be productive by creating space with the things that are important to you. So habits, um, informational things that lead to your character, 
I think are super important. And so I like how you mentioned reading because I mean, reading is such an important thing for our minds to grow and stretch. And the oldest text I've studied is the Bible, and there's so much great habit formation within that text and, and the Christian life. Um, and there's you know plenty of religions and spiritual practices out there that have that you know within yoga and other things. But that's where I found so much life is is having um, such a deep-rooted text that can help guide your life. And whether it's reading books on habit formation, I think those are all great too. So creating space in your schedule, creating space in your life routines. You know, if we're so busy that making another one or two hours a week for training is going to be hard, like, don't commit to it. Don't try and stuff more things into an already full life. Something has to be cleared out, whether it's on a schedule, whether it's on physical routine, you know, you may have to step away. I, I respect people when they step away from me and say, hey, I'm going to step away and focus on, you know, yoga this season, or I'm going to step away and focus on, you know, a running goal and spend more time on that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's, it's kind of like you can learn a lot from the minimalism movement is that when you bring something in your life, bring a physical item in your life, you get rid of something else and mm-hmm. make space for that in your house because space is limited in your house same with in your in your brain and in your in your life you can't just keep jamming more and more in expecting things to improve when you've got nowhere left to grow <laughs> you gotta give yourself space to grow uh, yeah that's awesome how have your mindset coaching strategies worked in your own life this these things of creating space and sacrificing how have you use these strategies in your own life to improve we talked a little bit about studying the bible and also you used it in your life so since we're talking about sacrifice i think um letting go of things is a big part and saying no are two huge habits that um, can really grow us in a, in a deep holistic way um so letting go of certain things that maybe you either feel intuitively or you kind of see happening in your life whether it's a, a certain um habit that needs to go you know we don't need to keep on adding habits because i found that even some things that you give up um, from a habitual standpoint, a nutritional standpoint, an exercise standpoint can help you more than the things that you add in there. Mm. So I think that's where this kind of comes together is, is letting go and surrendering things that aren't working. Right. So I ask a lot of like, what has worked for you in the past? Like what's not working right now? And how can we continue to kind of balance those? I don't want to say scales out from a, a money or currency standpoint, but we're, we're talking about energy, time, efforts, and then outcomes right so i think letting go of some things that aren't working um whether that means like stopping eating or drinking something that's a huge one right i mean uh sleep is huge right so habits that lead to less and lower quality sleep i think are huge i found that personally so starting to you know a simple one that's practical since we're super theoretical right now i don't sleep with my phone in the bedroom most nights you know at least five out of seven just because I don't like waking up to a phone and seeing the screen first thing in the morning. So buying an alarm clock. They still make alarm clocks. They're great. <laughs> they work. They go off every morning. There's no dings. They're text at night. Yeah, no more saying, my phone didn't go off this morning, right? Uh, yeah. Alarm clocks were uh, <laughs> That only went out. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, great. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's lean into that a little bit. Let's do uh, some more practical tools for people. Uh, I myself, regarding eating and drinking foods, one of the biggest uh, 
benefit. It's something that you can take away from your life, especially from a weight loss standpoint, is eliminating sugary drinks. That's been uh, researched heavily, actually, that one of the biggest factors for losing weight is to eliminate sugary drinks from your life. Maybe not completely. That's okay. You can still have a splurge day and that's all right. Don't beat yourself up about it. But uh, the biggest gains in weight loss have been shown in people that have had a can of Coke every single day for a year versus a can of Coke every week. And they've mm-hmm. seen upwards of 10 to 15 pounds of weight loss in, over, in a short amount, short amount of time. Mm-hmm. So those, that's one practical goal. Do you have any other uh, practical goals that you've, or practical tips that you use for habit formation or for sacrificing things that, that have been useful for you? Yeah. So from a, a practical standpoint and then kind of moving up in the chain, I would say sugary drinks, right? Cause, cause they have, you know, all a host of reactions in our body from our hormones, neurochemically, creates dependency, all that. But like, and then if you take a step back and look at, drinks with calories not that all all beverages all liquids with calories are bad you know you can make super healthy smoothies and juices but from a you know sugary drinks alcoholic beverages and um just even fruit juices man like some of the fruit juices that are commercially available like sugar was a commodity a hundred years ago and it's just a a staple nowadays gosh it's so it's it's just so easy to find that you have to be so intentional to choose not to. Um, and I think we live in this little bubble. Um, my friend, uh, Pastor Brian talks about this place kind of being like the Hobbit, the Shire from Lord of the Rings. Like mm-hmm. we live in this little health bubble, but then you step out and you see our country and, you know, some of the places around the world that struggle with obesity and metabolic disease and diabetes and all these different things that come from processed foods mm-hmm. and processed, um, sugars. I think that having that, those goals and visions of like, why am I not choosing, why am I choosing to not consume this caloric beverage? You know, whether it be uh, relaxation from, you know, stressful afternoon, you grab a Coke or a, a cappuccino or um, I, I guess I should say a frappuccino. So I'd say like knowing your why and continue to remind yourself of that and then having support and community. Gosh, that's so important to surround yourself with people that are going to um, have like minded um, views, not that we want to surround ourselves in a vacuum of ideas, but having people that are supporting where you're going. Like if you're in a bar and you're coming out of AA, like that's a tough place to be, mm-hmm. to step away from things that you environmentally surround yourself with. So I think having support and community is huge. Yes, absolutely. Uh, we talked a lot about that yesterday. We talked about intentionality on this podcast before sense of purpose, all these things. We're definitely speaking the same language. And for good reason, these are the things that keep us healthy. It's well proven in research in in hundreds of years of trial and error from a community perspective and cultural perspective. And and in our own personal lives, I think that's that's we've seen great successes from that perspective too. Yeah, calories without nutrition. That is a pretty important concept to consider. If you're drinking your calories that don't have much else in them, uh it's probably not going to be very good for you. Awesome. So let's end this podcast with something I ask everybody. What is the one thing you've done this year that's made the biggest impact on your health or on your happiness? What's the one thing you've done this year? So since you you know me pretty closely, this may not throw you, but I would say um, marriage, stepping into marriage with my wife, Keisha, has been a big one. Um, so kind of going back to community and relationships, 
stepping into marriage and having the, the vision of it not being for my happiness, but for my holiness, that God designed it to be closely knit with someone that's going to make you a sharper, better person in a refining type of way where, you know, the flaws come out, the, the fullness of your character comes out and, and really seeing just the, gosh, the first few months, seeing how, um, awesome and challenging and, and great it can be. And then from a health standpoint, um, we're pretty complimentary. I wouldn't say we're, 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 uh, opposites attract. So, mm-hmm. so we definitely challenge each other on certain points. And so from a health standpoint, you know, I tend to be, I mentioned earlier, busy and she, she helps me slow down and calm down. Mm-hmm. Just from a health standpoint, we've talked about, you know, I'm sure on plenty of podcasts, meditation and breathing and I don't want to say sitting from a health standpoint, but just like being stillness right. is one of the challenges of our um, area and, you know, society, industrialized society in general. So from a um, health standpoint, I've, you know, started to sleep more because I'm not, you know, up late watching TV with roommates as, as much fun mm-hmm. as that is. <laughs> we know how important health is. And I think Martha was on the podcast too. So I'm, gosh, I don't even know how important sleep is for me because of all the research that continues to come up for the brain. So, Gosh, so just from that like simple answer, I could continue going on right. in all different ways. Cause I eat crazy complicated food and she's simple. So we're, we're growing each other in, <laughs> yeah. in different ways. Yeah. So from a health standpoint, that's going to continue to unravel for the next 50 years, you know? Yeah. Awesome. That's a great answer. I, yeah, I, I even just having like a person around you who is also committed to health, like puts into your subconscious, like, it might not need that. Accountability, like, man. Yeah, it's got that, it's got that subliminal accountability sometimes, mm-hmm. even if you don't know it's happening. Uh, awesome. Chris, thank you so much for being on this podcast. It was a pleasure talking to you. Great topics. We talk, we're speaking the same language. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I've got a little bit of confirmation bias here talking to you, but that's right. okay. <laughs> I think it's a, a good reason to be confer- confirmed in our, in our beliefs because we've been studying this stuff for a long time and this is what works. So, hope you all liked it. Chris, if you want to say a few words, welcome. Thank you. We appreciate you being here. Yeah, it's been an honor and a blessing personally for me and glad to be a part of this community in Jackson Hole. I kind of stepped in with uh, not much of a, a vision for it and I've been blessed by a couple of people in the area. You know, Francine and, and Crystal have both helped uh, give me space and mm-hmm. and I appreciate and am grateful for, for the experience that I've made where I am um, and ultimately um, having... Um, the space to grow has just been awesome within this community. And I know there's a lot of, uh, kind of talks about market saturation here within the health, but man, that's, that's a good problem to have. Mm-hmm. It's all, it's going to help us all create better, um, services, um, products and serve people better. Because ultimately, I think when you have more competition, it's going to help us all grow more because then we see, um, not from the unhealthy standpoint, but so we can all grow together and continue to teach each other things and be humble and grateful and um, just step into relationships that are sometimes uncomfortable but good for our growth yep. personally and professionally. So thank you for having me on and super stoked to continue to grow with uh, you and seeing what Jake Backcountry continues to do. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Same here. Uh, again, that's Victory Lab PT and Performance. That's Chris and Keisha's practice over in East Jackson. Uh, Chris, where else can they find you on websites or social media or whatever? Um, so this is a, a new business, kind of founded it back in uh, March and April of this year. And so kind of working on groundwork. So I'd love to have you come by and stop and see our place. We have a website. 
about to be uh, put out there on Victory Lab PTP, which stands for PT and Performance or Physical Therapy Performance, kind of the whole double entendre. Mm-hmm. So, uh, website, we're on My Body as well, and um, we also have uh, another trainer, Dylan Hansen, who's also working with us to grow his practice and help people grow as well. Awesome. Thanks again. See y'all later. Thanks for showing up. Thanks for listening to Health in the Hole. If you liked it, please subscribe so you can hear more episodes. And remember, this podcast is not medical advice. Consult your health provider before doing anything drastic. 